You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. How are you guys doing today? I'm, I'm so pumped that you're here today. I'm so happy that you're here, that you chose to make this a priority this Sunday. So thank you, thank you so much. You guys, you guys can take a seat. So first, uh, you know, honor what honors do. Pastor Mike, Pastor Katie, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for what you're doing for this community. You guys are the perfect pastors for this community. So thank you so much. Uh, Pastor Leanne, Pastor Jurgen, you know, just thank, I thank them for being so brave and bold and, you know, standing up for, what, for the truth. So that's, I, I, I'm just so honored to be in this place under their leadership. So, all right. This is going to, this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. All right, so, you know, I, I, uh, I grew up in a, in, in, as a Christian, you know, it's, it's not just my name, but, you know, I, 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 I guess I can say I've been a Christian since birth. Yeah, uh, but, you know, I, I, I grew up in a, Christian, in a Christian home, you know, um, around a good family, around a good church. Uh, you know, my, my dad, my dad loved my mom. Uh, they, were, they were married until the day you know, he passed away like almost 48 years, I believe. You know, he, he loved my mom. He, he had great friendships at church. He, he served the church faithfully. Um, but, uh, you know, one, one night, uh, I remember I was, I was a teenager. And uh, I remember I woke up to go grab some water from the kitchen. And I remember like peeking over because I heard some, uh, some noises. And I picked over to the living room and I just, I just, saw the TV was on, and I kind of saw that my dad was there, and uh, he was, you know, he was watching something that he shouldn't have been watching, you know, something that's not honorable, and I remember in that moment, uh, I, I, I was confused, right, it was, it was the first time that I've seen this, and, and, but at the same time, I didn't, I didn't, like, make too much of it, I just kind of said, well, like, kind of shrugged and just kind of went back to my room and just that was it you know I in my head I, I just didn't feel like it was hurting anybody and and at the time I just felt like you know he still has a good marriage he still loves my mom he still has great friendships at church he, he still serves at church so in, I, I just really didn't think it affected anybody and so essentially what I did I just kind of made an inner vow you know with this lie and then and I just normalized it you know I thought oh this is it happens to every man it's it's normal so soon, that, that bad behavior kind of became habitual in my life. I, I, I picked it up, and, and, and next thing I know, it was something that was normal in my life, too. I normalized it in my life. And, uh, you know, years later, you know, without, without my wife knowing this, I, I, I brought it into our marriage. And, you know, again, I, I was naive enough thinking that, you know, it's not hurting anybody. It's, it's normal. This, this, is, this is fine. I, I, I didn't feel and I didn't see how this was hurting my wife. And, and I just didn't see that. And, you know, just like my dad, you know, I, I loved my wife. I had great friendships here at church. I've been serving this house faithfully. So, again, I thought it was normal. I thought it was, you know, just like every day. I, I, again, I, I didn't think I was hurting anybody or so I believed. So for all, almost eight years, this, this thing, this habitual behavior was working really, really hard overtime, working overtime to destroy my marriage. 
And it, it, it came close. It, it did some really bad, you know, some bad damage. But, you know, I, 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 and, you know I, there was opportunities. My, you know, I encourage you ladies, my, my wife kept praying and praying and crying out to God, you know, like asking him to, to find that so that, I, that those scales would be taken away from my eyes so that I could see. And, and you know, it, you know I, it, I had opportunities to deal with it, but I, I looked away. I, 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 I said, no, 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 I, I blame a circumstance. I blame my wife. I, I, I just, like, I looked away from that, and I didn't take the opportunity. Again, because I, I, I felt like it was normal. So for the most part, this, this just went unchallenged in my life, you know, for the most part. So fast forward, you know, coming up to Emerge, I was prepping for Emerge, and weeks prior to the event, I, 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 I shared with my wife, I said, you know, well, actually, take that back. I, I, I had made a decision, you know, weeks, weeks prior to Emerge. I, I had told myself, I realized how, I started to see how much this was hurting my wife. I started to see how much this was hurting our marriage, and, and I made a decision, and I said, I told God, I'm not coming back with this. I'm going to leave that at Emerge. I, I, I can't have this in my life anymore. I can't have this, you know, living in my brain rent-free, you know. <laughs> so, so I realized that it was not normal, you know, that, that, that it was hurting my, my marriage, that it was destroying our marriage. And I remember in that instant, the moment I said, I'm not coming back with this, I audibly heard the word of God saying, I've been waiting for this moment. I've been waiting for this moment. So, you see, before, every time that I, that I tried to deal with this, every time that I kind of had, you know, superficial conversations with friends about this, it, it was, it was, I was trying to do it under my own strength. And, and you know, I, I couldn't do it by myself. But this time, this time was different. This time was different. So I remember, again, I, I shared with my wife, you know, a few weeks prior to Emerge, and I said, you know, I shared what, what my goal was for our team for, for Emerge, and I said, I, I want every single one of my guys to come back different. I want every single one of my guys to have an encounter with God, to experience transformation, to experience healing, to see that miracle. And little did I know that I, I was actually, I was preaching that to myself. I was hoping that for myself. You know, so, so when I got to Emerge, you know, I was, I was so thirsty for this, and, and I, was, I was intentional. Like the first moment, as soon as I grabbed my, my burden, I wrote it in bold letters. I wanted to make sure that what I had said weeks prior to that, that I was going to fulfill it. And I, I wrote it on my burden, and I said, I'm leaving this here. So I made the decision. You know, I took the first step. And immediately after that, I started to seek the opportunity for this. I started to seek for the opportunity. And sure enough, God is so good to us that, that he started providing all kinds of opportunities, right? So I was able to have honest and open conversations with some wise men around me, you know, and, 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 and just God just started chipping away at this, little by little, little by little. And, you know, by, by the end, you know, by the end of the, by the, end of the conference, I, I, had, I, had give, I had received this, this freedom that I asked God for. And it was in an instant, you know, in an instant, the moment I said, I want this, God removed all the shame. He removed all the shame. He didn't wait till next week. He, in that instant, he started working on me. 
So I remember uh, that Saturday after the conference coming through the door of my home and, and opened the door and I see my wife and the, the very first words out of her mouth wasn't like, hey, you know, welcome back. Like I remember the first words out of her mouth were, what happened? You, you, you look happy, you look different. And you know, now, like looking back to that specific moment, it, it, it brings me to the scripture. If you guys can put it up, it's on 2 Corinthians 3, 16 and 18. And it says that, you know, you can read it, but it says that one, once someone turns their face to the Lord, that veil is taken away. Yeah. You know, and, and it goes on to say that the spirit of the Lord is there and where, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So it is that freedom that I experienced in this moment that lets me come up here right now and talk to you about this freely, without any shame, without any guilt, without any like trying to hide it. I am free of that. And you know, that, that verse goes on to say that, you know, once that veil is, is taken away, you're actually able to see God face to face, not behind something, not hiding, not, you're able to see God face to face. And it says in the word that as you're seeing face to face, he is transforming you into his image. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that just crazy? That, isn't that incredible? You know, we think that, oh, I'm so far away. This is not going to happen. God won't see me. God doesn't want me. But no, in that moment, when you turn your face to God, he starts transforming you. You know, in that moment, when you, the moment you take action and you turn your face to God, he takes the veil away. He starts transforming you into his image. And it's not on, not on you. It's not your strength. It's him. It's all about him. And it's that simple. You know, and, and, and you might say, oh, well, you know, you were in a conference atmosphere. You were like, that atmosphere is here today, right now. Pastor Mike <laughs> talked about that. That atmosphere breakthrough is here right now. So it doesn't matter what your situation is. You're not too far away from God. You, you, you are not uh, hidden from him. He's been there all the time. He's been there protecting you along the way. Every single step you've taken, he's been there with you. And you know what he's saying right now? I've been waiting for this moment. I've been waiting for this moment for you to turn my, your face to him. He's so wanting to take that veil away from you. He's so wanting to transform you. All it takes is you just got to make a decision. You got to take a step. You have to take the first step. So I remember, you know, kind of going back a little bit. Uh, that's what I did at Emerge. I said, I need to take the first step. I need to, if I want my guys to experience this transformation, I need to show it. I need to take the first step. And that's why I was so intentional. And now, you know, this is just the beginning. This is, this is a process that I have to walk through. And, but I feel confident now. And it's funny, Pastor, Pastor Mike uh, said, you know, mentioned Isaiah 43, 19. And I'm just going to read it super quick. And it's probably going to be on the board. It says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do, not, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and, I, and streams in the wasteland. And I just want you to see something. It says, see where it says now? It, he, that, you know what that means? It means now. It means today. It doesn't mean tomorrow, next week, a year from now. It means today. Today, he can transform your life. Today, he can make things new. Today, he can take you and make streams and do a way in the wasteland and take you out of it. Thank you, guys. 
Come on, give it up. Give it up for Christian Franco. Man, what a word. Goodness gracious. I love Pastor Jürgen and Leanne have a, uh, a vision for this church that we would be a church that is fresh, real, and powerful. And I love that uh, here at Awaken Church, we're not afraid to be a little vulnerable, not afraid to be a little honest, because we know that what good does it do if we just walk around saying everything's great and everything's fine? Nothing. So thank you, Christian, for your boldness, your bravery, man. That was amazing. And can you go ahead and I, we're going we're gonna to be doing a lot of standing and sitting. So go ahead and hop back up to your feet. We want to make sure we honor every single one of these men and women. So will you please welcome to the stage the beautiful Sandra Ortega. Come on. Good morning. <laughs> thank you. You guys can sit down. <laughs> um, thank you. I want to start off by saying thank you to Pastor Jurgen and Leanne um, for being uh, so faithful in following that vision that God gave them for this beautiful church we call home and for doing so with such boldness and courage and also to Pastor Mike and Katie Yeager. Thank you for leading us so well with such transparency and love and grace. Um, my name is Sandy. I'm married to my wonderful husband, Miguel. We have a four-year-old boy, and we're expecting one on the way. <laughs> um, I met my husband when I was in middle school, but we, did <laughs> we didn't start dating until I was 24. Um, I hated dating. Hated it. <laughs> So I was so excited to have met a guy that was respectful, responsible. Um, he honored family and loved God. So I thought, you know, I hit the jackpot. <laughs> like, this is it. Um, <laughs> after he proposed, I made sure that we did everything right, that we read all the books, that we had all the right conversations, um, you know, asked all the right questions that you ask you before you get married. So I thought, we are set. Like, there's nothing that could possibly come up that we haven't already addressed. Like, it's impossible. Um, and I thought, you know, worst case scenario, we at least have the first five years of the honeymoon stage. So, like, before we hit any stumbling block. Um, little did I know that our honeymoon stage would actually last as long as our actual honeymoon did. <laughs> um, we came back, true story, and we had our first argument, and I was so ready to give him back the ring. Um, some of those fights were silly, you know, like about dreams that I would have of him cheating on me, or um, I thought that he played too many video games instead of like spending that time reading, <laughs> and um, for some reason, um, it really bugged me that he would listen to the Bible instead of reading it. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so I came to the point where I thought, you know, this guy is really holding me back. Um, I thought, you know, if God doesn't use me moving forward, it's because of him. Like, there's, you know, that's really where, where I was. Um, we went on like this for like about two years on and off, you know, on this roller coaster of arguments of um, us trying to fix it ourselves. Um, and always we would find ourselves having the same conversations month after month, not seeing any breakthrough. We wanted a breakthrough in our marriage. We wanted to see our marriage grow, but we were not getting anywhere. So we realized, you know, this is like beyond us. Like we cannot do this ourselves anymore. We so we prayed and we asked God, you know, God, shed light into these areas that are not allowing that growth to happen. 
And he did. He answered. <laughs> Just not in the way that I wanted him to or <laughs> expected him to. <clears throat> that year, I learned that my husband had an addiction to pornography. And it wrecked me. I was done. You know, I thought, I remember standing there and thinking, I'm done. This is it. I am leaving. I don't deserve this. I am, I, I felt that I had this illusion that I had done everything right in my life. I obeyed my parents. I dedicated myself to my studies. I made sure that I saved myself for marriage. And I thought this is not fair where I'm standing. So I remember driving to work and thinking, what are the next steps to take to start this divorce? And I had an encounter with God. <laughs> and um, <laughs> And as I was driving, thinking all these things, God stopped me there and he said, you know, Sandy, what do you think I meant by forgive those who have wronged you? What do you, what do you think I meant by the cross? What is the meaning of the cross? And if you truly believe that you've never needed my forgiveness, like your husband needs it now, then what weight does the cross have on your salvation? Do you even need my salvation? I was wrecked by this because I knew I couldn't forgive my husband. I, I, I thought, you know, I can't do this. But I also knew the truth behind those words. Um, so when I got home, I talked to my husband. I said, you know, let's, we're going to work it out. We're going to walk through this. And you see, I didn't know it then, but I learned it with time. How lucky and blessed we are by being in this house, surrounded by leaders that will speak into marriages, that will want to see the breakthrough in families, that want to see you grow and want to see you transform your lives. Um, so we met with leaders that walked this journey with us um, with such love and care. And we saw um, a marriage therapist that was referred to us through this church. And we had accountability partners. We, we came to God with our lack, and he put in the rest. Um, God not only freed my husband for, from pornography, but he also showed me all the unforgiveness and pride that I had been carrying for so long. There's a saying that says that the sins that enslave us are the ones that we remain blind to. And I had remained so blind to these things that I, I didn't even know I was um, carrying them. You see, when God brings something to our awareness is because he wants to transform our hearts in that area. And I, I think up to then, I had known and believed the gospel in my mind, but it wasn't operational in my heart. And this was a perfect opportunity to allow God to, to use this time to transform my heart in those areas. <clears throat> God, God gave me a fresh view of marriage. 
What if instead of having the expectation of two perfect people coming together in marriage, we look at it as two imperfect people helping each other grow out of their sins and flaws into the new self that God is creating? But we can't expect that to happen without pain. I couldn't go into my marriage expecting not to get hurt. That's the truth of it, and I didn't know it. Um, Proverbs 27, 5 through 6, the the message version says, The wounds from a lover are worth it. They are worth it because they point us to deeper areas within us that need healing. And um, God showed me how he saw my husband, and he allowed, he, he showed me how to look at my husband through those eyes. Um, he taught me how to speak life into my marriage, into my husband, into my children, um, into my life. And um, in that season, I learned to go to God's word and take promises for myself, to look through, through you know, his word and, you know, say, declare those promises. And even when my situation didn't look like the promise did, and even my reality didn't match up to God's word, I still took those promises and I declare them over my life day after day. And you see, one of those promises, I was looking, as I was preparing for this message, I was looking through my journal, um, back to that season. I went back to that season of Um, when I was journaling and writing down these promises. And I want to share one of those promises with you. We can find it in Isaiah 58, 12. I have the message, um, version. So it says, you'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. Rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate. Make the community livable again. We learned repentance, forgiveness, and change. We learned that what it meant to allow God to work in us so that we can better serve each other. We began um, to look at marriage as what it was, as what God intended it to be, a place for transformation. We learned to honor and respect each other. We developed a deep friendship where we were able to speak truth in love um, and journey together in the same horizon. Most importantly, in doing this, God gave me a new love for my husband. You see, at the beginning, I thought I could never love my husband the same way. And I could never see my marriage the same way. So standing here today and telling you that I love my husband more now than I did the day that I said I do, I... I didn't think it was possible. If he can do that for me, there's no limit to what he can do in your life. Maybe you're hearing your marriage is not where you pictured it would be. Maybe you feel that you've messed up, that your life is beyond restoration. Maybe you're here and you're not bearing the fruit that you thought you would be bearing by this point. Um, I want to tell you today that God wants you to love your life. He wants you to live a full life. He wants you to reap that happiness. 
and you're going to. You're going to reap that happiness. You're going to reap that joy. You're going to look back and not recognize who you were back then because of all the wonders that God will do in your life. You only have to say yes. Give it up for Sandy Ortega. Wow. So amazing. Probably ought to just stay standing or you just have to stand right back up. But man, you know, leaders go first and you guys are incredible leaders because you go first in marriage. And God spoke to Katie and I, um, you know, when we took over this campus that we're actually going to see the divorce rate in our community go down because of the marriages in Awakened Church. People are going to look at the marriages in this house. They're going to say, hey, it is possible. Hey, we can see reconciliation. Hey, we can see forgiveness. So thank you guys for leading the way and bringing it home. Please welcome to the stage, Jorge Mendez. Come on, stay standing, stay standing, stay standing, okay? Because I, I, I want us to be standing while we honor Pastor Egan and Leanne. I know we, you hear it all the time, and I didn't get it at first, but now after being here for four years, I understand the work, the dedication, the sacrifice, the boldness, the courage, all the attacks after them, everything that they go through just so that we can have this community and continue to grow and receive breakthroughs. So let's honor Pastor Egan and Leanne. And also... Pastor Mike and Katie, I remember the first time that they, when they announced that you guys were going to be the, the campus pastors, I remember right away I heard God say, uh, they are the, the leaders that you need right now. And looking back at this year, there is absolutely no doubt that you guys are the leaders that we need. And the other thing that God said was that, um, every, that he trusted you guys with our lives because of your, your um, loyalty and how, how trustworthy you are. So I'm so thankful to have you guys in our lives. And last, last person that I got honor is my wife. Um, she's been my teammate from day one, and she's always there for me, always been my cheerleader and never given up on me. Um, you know, giving me a couple pinches and, and, you know, sometimes, but I appreciate it. So now, now you may be seated. Thank you, guys. So... If you, know, if you don't know me, you've probably seen my face. Uh, we're always in the front. My, my, Ruth and I run the high team. I'm going to take a breath because I get really excited. <laughs> and I talk really, really fast. I don't want to do that today. So we are in the high team. I love serving in the high team. I love meeting people. So if you've seen my face, uh, you know, it's because of that. My name is Jorge. Uh, we've been at Awaken almost four years now. In July will be four years. And it really has been a life-changing experience for us. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to dive into my childhood and, and, you know, like the deep parts so that we could see the breakthrough because uh, Pastor Mike said, and it's in my notes, uh, there is no breakthrough without resistance. And so we're going to see, looking back, I I didn't really have a bad childhood. You know, my parents were both at home. I I felt like they loved me, uh, didn't really lack anything major. You know, we had a a home, everything. But um, there were things that happened because we weren't, we didn't know God at the time. We knew of God, but we didn't really know God. So um, I was exposed to pornography around age four or five. And, and, and same thing, similar to Christian. Like it was something that was somewhat normal. I mean, not that we, they played it for us in the background, but you know, like it was something that was there. You know what I mean? Um, like it wasn't, it was something that, hey, you're not supposed to do that, but it was still there, you know? And so that, without me knowing, like it started changing my, my expectations for intimacy, for, for affection, for love, and all those things. I was exposed to witchcraft somehow around, around age nine. I don't really understand that and whatever, but I know that it has strong uh, spiritual ties. Uh, we came to the U.S. when I was 12, so there was a big culture shock that happened. Um, by around age 15, I was already addicted myself to pornography. Like, I would find ways to 
make time and hide and, and find, even like with dial-up internet, like I would end up finding stuff, you know? Um, it, it, was, it was horrible. I mean, it sounds funny, but it's horrible. Um, by 15, I started drinking heavily too. Like I would smoke with my friends and uh, thankfully didn't really do drugs, but I, was, I would drink way too much for a 15-year-old or for any person really. Um, around the same time, my dad started battling a drug addiction. He, he got addicted to crystal meth. So he was home, but he was kind of struggling with himself. I'm sure that many times that he was home, he wasn't in his you know, right mind. So he wasn't never really affectionate or, or, or really, um, like he never really gave me you know, encouragement or whatever. I remember one time I did a, three, a 5K with, with my high school, and it was like 300 people, right? And so I, I ended up finishing in ninth place. I never really played sports because, again, there was some dysfunction at home. And I ended up finishing in ninth place, which for me was a big deal, you know, because out of 300, it's ninth place. And I remember telling my dad, hey, dad, like, oh, 5K, blah, blah, blah. I ended up in ninth place. And he's like, oh, yeah, out of how many? Out of 10? And I was like, oh, man, like, that crushed me, you know? Like, that's, that's, he wasn't horrible again. He didn't beat me. He didn't abuse me. But those things, like, really shaped a lot of things. And it opened doors of, of fear, of insecurity, of, of just doubt. You know, I didn't believe in myself. I, um... I never really com- like jumped into competition because I didn't really believe in myself. I didn't think I could do any of those things. And so um, summer, summer 2005, um, we do air conditioning. The reason why we do air conditioning, here we go back again. Um, there was a, in 1999 in the summer, um, my dad, we had just gotten evicted because of the drugs. And then my dad, we were staying in a hotel. So my dad that week got arrested. And so we're homeless without my dad, who was the sole provider for the home. And my mom, give it up for my mom over there, strong mom. She started, um, she, she had to do something to, with four kids. She had to do something for, to survive, you know? So she started cleaning homes. And one of the homes that she started cleaning was for a guy that was doing heating and air conditioning. And in the need, she asked him, hey, is there, do you have work for me? I, I need work. Can I work for you? And the guy said, you're crazy. This is like man's work. It's hard. You're in the attic. He's like, I don't care. I need to make money. And so he said, sure, let's go. So for three years, she, she learned with him. She'd be in the attic running, ducting, all those things. Come on. And um, <laughs> and so then, for the sake of time, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I love you guys. I love you guys. No, so then we started heating air conditioning, and we, we did a job at a church that was praying for the, the company that did the AC for them would stay in, get saved and stay in church, and that's what happened to us. They, they were praying for us. We got saved. We did the job. We, did, we got saved, and then we, we, started, we got planted, and we started serving, and God started restoring our life. My dad was set free from drug addiction. Um, like, you know, it started, started restoring our family. Um, a lot of things started happening, and for 10 years, we served the church, and then when I came to Awaken, uh, that's when I really experienced a really breakthrough, you know. Um, we had been growing those 10 years, you know, um, but I was still dealing with, with addiction to pornography and this and that. And when I came to Awaken, there were three things that I, that I saw that I, that I found in this church that really helped you with breakthrough. And I'll say them quickly is, one is taking responsibility for yourself. The second one is being connected to a community of breakthrough. And the last one is surrendered to Jesus, you know. Like, I remember when I came, uh, our Connect leaders at the time, Pastor Mike and Katie now, um, I, I told him, hey, I'm looking, like, I want to be, I want somebody to take, grab me by the hand and lead me and take me. And he's like, well, that's not how it happens here. You know, like, you got to be responsible for yourself, you know. I wanted to be babysat, but that doesn't work like that, you know. 
So if that's you right now thinking, oh, I want somebody to tell me how to live my life, that's not going to happen. Not even God will do that. See, he gave himself, um, he gave himself, uh, yeah, uh, freedom, yeah. And so, so I, 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 took my, I took ownership of my life, of my family. I realized that the people around me, as much as I love them, they weren't helping me grow. And so we made a change. We came to Awaken. We got plugged in. We, start, we joined that connect group. We started, I start, started coming to men's prayer. Here I am getting excited again. Uh, men's prayer, you know, I took my, my giving seriously. I started tithing, you know, like consistently. And then we started stretching for vision builders. And we started seeing breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. Um, mom is pretty much retired now. Like all she'll do is every once in a while go see jobs, you know, and she, she gets paid. She's taken care of. And that's all because of God's breakthrough. Um, and then the community that we have in this, in this, in this church is amazing. Um, I, I mean, I'll shout out a thousand people right now, but Pastor Mike, Miguel, uh, Christian, Carlo, um, the Butins, um, everybody in this room, you know, um, Pastor and Gina and Stephen Callalui, everybody. I could, so many people that I can name that have influenced me or my wife to, to receive and live our best life ever, you know? And so... Um, it's not really me doing a message if I don't talk about heating or air conditioning. So God, God gave me an analogy that has to do with, with heating. So a furnace, a furnace has different sensors, right? It has different sensors because there's, there's fire in it. And, you know, it could cause a fire, you could die. Um, so it has different sensors. It has different sensors that if they're not in place, if they're not working properly, uh, nothing else will work for safety. And so I realized that that's how it is in our lives too. Like there's, there's things in our life that if they're not in place, if they're not flowing how they should be, it holds us back. Our giving wasn't in place for a while and it held us back. Like we had this crazy poverty mindset that we, we just, you know, we're worried about not having enough all the time. And it wasn't until we, we reset that, that we said, and we let God reset that in, in, through the community and, and really, you know, spending time with him and trusting him while, with our giving, that we saw that it would flow, that things would flow, you know. Now, like, we, we can be, you know, more generous than we've ever dreamed of. And um, we started employing people in our company, too, which is something that was always a dream that was so far away. But now it's a necessity and a reality because of the growth that God has brought, you know. Um, other things like, like accountability and like having people, like for example, Christian Franco, like I, I trust this man with my life. He is the loyalist, like the most loyal person that I've ever met in my life. And, and to have him, to, to tell him, you know, deep things that sometimes might be shameful to tell everybody else, like, man, that's, that's amazing. And that's part of the community, you know, and having people like that have reset that, 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 that thing that was off in my life. And so my question to you today is, what, is, is, there, is, there sensors, is there things in your life that need to be reset? Because I know the master sensor, the master technician that will reset those sensors, you know, and that's Jesus. And so um, as we close this, as we close, you know, today's service, um, I'll, I'll ask you, close your eyes and, and bow your heads and um, just think about that. Are there areas of your life, is your marriage, you know, in, in that season where it needs work, where it needs to be reset? Are you battling any addictions, any pornography, anything that, that needs to reset yourself, your mindset? Uh, if you want, do you want breakthrough in finances? Do you want, uh, you know, you want your family to, to join you at church and serve God? Like what's, what's the breakthrough and what's holding it back? What can you reset? What, what can the master technician reset in your life today? Um, and, and it's, it's not fair to, to have and close this message without giving people an opportunity to, to meet the master technician, to meet Jesus if you've never done this in your life. So 
what, I, what we're gonna do is, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand if, if that's what you wanna do today. We're gonna say a quick prayer all together and, and then you know, we'll get you started on, on this journey. So if that's you today, if you've never had this encounter with Jesus like I did that helped get everything going, to, that helped reset everything, that helped um, remove the, the, the things that were blocking us for, from living our best lives, would you raise your hand today? Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand right there. I see your hand over here. Thank you so much. Would you, would you say, Jesus, help me reset the things that need to be reset? Who else in the room? Like Christian said, the day is the day. Today is the day. This is the moment that he's been waiting for. Let's all stand. Let's all say this prayer together. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. Speak to me. Help me. Guide me. And restore me. Help me reset my life. In your name, amen. Come on, let's give him a hand. Thank you, guys. Come on, give it up for Jorge Mendez. Oh, my goodness. So proud of each and every one of you guys. These are just people that go to our church, by the way. They just attend here. And just out in the marketplace, crushing it, um, serving the kingdom of God, building this house. And that's what happens at this church. My wife and I started uh, eight years ago just, just coming to church here. I didn't, I didn't go to professional pastor school. Never been to seminary. And uh, that's what we see here when we, the Bible says, when you plant yourself in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. That's a promise you can take to the bank, baby. So listen, if you um, raised your hand and prayed that prayer alongside with Jorge, we have an amazing team over here at our response lounge with Jim and Kelly O'Connor over there. And what we would love for you to do is um, to make your way over there as we close the service. And they've got a team that wants to pray with you. They want to get you a Bible, a little book called Following Jesus, just kind of um, talk you through what it looks like to, to follow God and kind of how to read the Bible. Sometimes, you know, it's a little big and you accidentally end up in Leviticus and it's talking about boiling goats and it's mother's milk and just can get a little weird. So going to give you a little book called Following Jesus, just kind of point you in the right direction, but uh, just so thankful to be in a house of breakthrough. And I just want to pray a blessing over you that their story would be your story. So um, I just love it if you just lift your hands. I'm going to just pray and we'll dismiss. God, thank you so much. God, that you are not a far off God, that you're not, you know, in the cosmos dealing with other things or too busy for us. God, your word says that you incline your ear down from heaven and you hear us. And so God, we pray right now that the stories that we heard up on this stage would be our stories. God, that you are not um, a respecter of persons. You're a respecter of your principles, God. And we declare right now and we prophesy breakthrough over each and every marriage, over each and every business, over each and every career, over each and every family, over each and every child, God, over each and every brain, over each and every heart. God, that we would see breakthrough, that our normal would be busting through ceilings. God, your word says that the way of the righteous is upward. And so we declare an upward trajectory over every person, every family in this church in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.